Welcome to Get Green, Northwest Indiana, your home for lawn care solutions with Steve Daly. Each podcast, you'll learn the secret tips to growing healthy green grass and best practice solutions for watering, weed and feed, aeration, and mowing. Here are your hosts, Steve Daly and Jim Jano. So it's springtime in Northwest Indiana, and we're talking about spring lawn care with Steve Daly. Well, it's technically not spring yet. We're still in February, but we're almost there. So uh, now, Steve, you're saying that we didn't have much of a winter. How does that going to affect what we're doing? A lot. Because of the lack of frozen soil, the sooner we get out and get working, the better off we're going to be. Got to get those pre-emergence down for crabgrass as early as possible. And now it's time to get rolling. What are a few things that uh, your, your customers can do to get their lawn ready for spring? Well, yeah, I mean, they can do a general cleanup of their lawn, pick up the twigs, get the crap out, um, clean up any snow damage, uh, whether it be uh, a snow plow creating damage off of the edges and, and just kind of straightening that up so it isn't laying in your lawn when you go to uh, fertilize or even just when you're trying to keep it from choking things out. You don't want things just laying randomly in your lawn. So The salt. They dump a lot of salt in Valparaiso and throughout Northwest Indiana. And, and in some areas outside of area, they might even use sand. But that's not necessarily, the sand's not bad, but salt's not good to be on your yard. No, salt will burn the edges. Salt, salt needs to be removed as much as possible. Um, a lot of that will grow back and fill back in on its own, but if they dump salt, by any chance i mean you might have to rake out and reseed a few spots maybe even uh take off a little bit of the soil and add some black dirt but uh, it just all depends on how bad it is so you you want to pick up all the debris because what does it do to have a beautiful lawn if it's covered with crap <laughs> i almost sound like something you would say yeah yeah get the <laughs> crap out of the lawn so then you, you and then before it's too late if, if there's still been but of course this year we're not seeing a whole lot of snow fortunately what else, what else can a homeowner do? My lawnmower is in pathetic shape. Um, is it a good time to, to get it in? or It's not time to mow yet. Um, let it start growing a little bit up before you cut it. I mean, you can you want to wait till the soil temperatures are coming into the 50s for most of that. As soon as it starts growing up, you can give it a, a, you know, a, a cut. But don't, again, cut it at your normal height. Don't lower the blade to try to cut your grass i believe that a lawn should be cut at anywhere from three quarters to three and a half inches all year long so not so not you don't vary it just because it's early and the grass is growing faster no you don't you don't try to knock more down you don't you, you're still trying to cut at that same rate you're not going to try to remove more than a third of the grass plant at the same time and i know we've talked about that before so you always want to try to stay on top of it to the best of your ability, but you also want to make sure that you're mowing high and retaining water in the plant. You'd mentioned earlier today that Bermuda grass is not a desired grass in, in northwest Indiana. What's the story on grasses? Well, I mean, if it's a warm season grass, they're going to basically green up at a different rate and a different time. So Bermuda, zoysia, centipede grass, that stuff does not green up in a timely fashion here um you'd be basically looking at about three months of green if you're using those grass types whereas with you know our cool season grasses blue rye fescues 
you are generally going to have green lawn probably nine, ten months out of the year, depending on how it goes. And as far as the green grass uh, or the Bermudas and what have you, if somebody has, is it common up here? No. It is not common. If you see it up here, it was planted by mistake or it came in as a weed somehow in, in some, you know, whether it be through seed or whatever. Um, but no, that that's not a grass type that we desire up here. I think we've talked about zoysia plugs in the past. Yes. And the fact that that was something that was created as a miracle cure for bare spots, you know, as far as what people thought they were doing, they were pushing it that way. You put a plug in. It starts filling in. The problem is up here is it just does not green up. Uh, we're not going to see that green up until at least, even with a warm winter, probably not till mid-May. And, and that would be something that if they had that type of grass, that would be something that was planted when the homeowner first moved into the house. So would that it could be... have been planted before the homeowner ever got there. Really? You know, you, what you think about as far as how many times you buy somebody else's house. You know, I mean, this could have been something somebody planted in the 70s. You bought a, you know, house that had been built in 1960. But there, there's certain lawns around here right now. You can drive through the the city and you just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You'll know it's there. So when, when it comes to spring, I think one of the things that you do in spring is you have a, a different philosophy on what you do in the spring than what I always thought. I, I thought it was great that your lawn took off and started growing real fast in the spring. And that's not that's not desired. The, that's not the best thing for it. Now, um, you want to kind of slow the upgrowth, let the plant retain some of the value that you provided in the fall. You don't want to just sit there and, you know, I mean, yeah, you can get a nice pretty green out of hammering it with nitrogen in the spring, but what's the repercussions in the summer? Generally, what I try to do is run a couple applications at about a half pound rate of nitrogen in the spring. Uh, most people, like if you go to the store and you buy your uh, pre-emergent product with, say, 28.33 or 28.35 or whatever analysis they're throwing at you this year, um, you're going to be running that 28% probably at about a pound per a pound rate of nitrogen per thousand square feet on that application. That's just the recommended label rate to get the right pre-emergent down and the right weed control out of it. So that's not the best practice to have. You're just going to create a lot of upgrowth when Mother Nature will be pre basically creating it itself with rain and cooler temperatures. So sometimes you take all the nutrients out of the plant by doing that. So you just got to be careful with how you go about it in the spring. Um, and that's part of the reason why I felt it was important to try to incorporate the growth regulators this year a little bit into the program and try to slow that down even further. Now that's a that's a game changer in Northwest Indiana. That's something that we you actually had a blog as well as a podcast dedicated to just that, just for the simplicity's sake. Restrict what does up, it do? Restrict upgrowth. Keep water in the plant. Keep carbohydrates in the plant. Keep the plant healthier. Um, it means less mowing, less watering, less mowing, less water, less um, time maintaining. Less chance of greater resistance to drought, disease. Disease. Makes your yard thicker. 
Yeah, all that. And, and a darker green. And the thing is, is, is you're the first uh, in Northwest Indiana to, to start introducing it to homeowners, but you've been you've been very quick to say that this is not necessarily new technology. It's not. And, and I'm like, not necessarily the first, but I'm, you know, I don't know who else is doing it. Um, nor do I really care. That's not my part of the worrying process. Uh, I just want to do what's right for the customers and try to get get to the point where we're giving them the best value for what they're spending. Well, I think it's kind of cool that it's that it's what they do in the ballparks. It's what they do at uh, Wrigley Field, at, at, at Guaranteed Rate Field, at every, not at not at Soldier Field though. Why is that? Do they not know what they're doing or? I don't know why you're picking on Soldier Field. Oh, that's right. They don't use real grass. <laughs> well, they're moving the image, right? So. <laughs> oh! How many applications do you do in the spring season before we hit summer? Two, usually. Two. One, the first one is usually uh, lower base nitrogen with a pre-emergent. Um, designed, basically, kind of start it off, get it going a little bit, not forcing too much upgrowth, but you want to get that pre-emergent for crabgrass down in a timely fashion. The second application is usually running in May and early June. Um, that one, depending on whether you have a grub control, it's either going to be uh, a low rate of nitrogen. Another, they both run about fifteen percent as far as what we run, so about a half to six tenths of a pound rate. Um, a celeprin to help with the insects. Um, this year it'll be a growth regulator, depending on timing on either one of those applications. Once things get up and growing, that's when we'll start running and spraying that out. So. Well, and I noticed that the searches, as an SEO guy, I look at when people are searching, and the amount of searches for grub control spikes in the springtime or early summer, correct? Sure. I mean, isn't that, is that part of the treatment? Yeah, the time for a preventative is going to be May and June. Not, you know, you're trying to stop it from happening. The, the activity happens in late august early september all the way up until about october and then it's it slows down again but um it's more of a the idea is to keep the damage from ever happening so never never let the timing of it and these products these days that are used for it build into the grass plant and then when a young grub goes to actively feed that material is already there to kill it immediately as opposed to having a chance to mature now, so the first application of of, of, of the Permagreen Lawn Care Program is crabgrass, to, crabgrass, crabgrass. That's crabgrass, and then you're are, how much are you actually feeding the the the, the soil? It is not a lot. You're not you, you know you you've hopefully done most of your your due diligence and work on fertilizer in the fall when you're supposed to. Um, light rates of nitrogen or what you want to do in the spring not 
not heavy roads. You know, it's so interesting because everything I did seemed to be backwards. I was like the George Costanza of, of lawn ownership, where I used to think, I don't need to fertilize in the fall. I'll do it in the spring when my, my, when my plants can benefit from it. Turns out, it's like yeah, backwards. It is backwards. The most important fertilizer of the season is it's still fall fertilization. Fall. Yes. And does that mean you don't fertilize it at all in the spring? No, you, can, you, you use basically up to a pound of nitrogen through a couple of different applications. But you don't want to just blast it. Um, you, like I said, you can get good color into it. You can, you can hit it really hard in the spring and get a good color. But then now you're exhausting all the things you've done and it's not really great for the plant. Uh, opens it up to disease, some other different things. So, you would assign a technician so that the, you have somebody that's accountable for the homeowner's lawn. So, if there are things that flare up, they know the history, they know the best solutions, and they know what was done in the past. When you have an area that has such diverse soil compositions as Northwest Indiana, and and everybody has their own history of issues or what have you. Do, do your technicians fluctuate the, the what they're doing to every homeowner's lawn, or is it more regional? Uh, I mean, it can be some fluctuation based on soil type. Um, sandy and loamy soils, a little bit. You kind of kind of try to work in a you know a little more potassium and phosphorus throughout the course of the year. You, it, Everything bleeds out of those soils, so that you're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, so there is some this, customization to some extent. To some extent. Like, the, this first early application is pretty much straight up going to be pre-emergence and nitrogen, okay? And then as the soil temperatures come up to a point where it, it makes sense to start supplying potassium to the plants, we start doing that. But it... it it's a bit down the road. Usually that's in May. So the first application is really controlling the, the, the issues The key is the grass. I mean, what's the, the most common complaint in, in lawn care is how you get rid of my crabgrass. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's... And so you just got to make sure you get it down timely before the soil temperatures reach a certain point. That's the idea of using your degree day tracker from Michigan State University. You know, you use that to help follow and gauge, look at soil temperatures following how long it, you know, it takes. How, how much time do I have to get pre-emergent down? Yeah, and, and one of the more common searches is, is a professional lawn care service worth it? And what's kind of crazy is when you think about that, I was paying almost, if not the same amount of money for my plans the only reason it was cheaper was because I skipped my fourth treatment in the fall and my yard suffered from it. But for the most part, if I if you compare apples and apples, it's about the same price, but you get that expertise and you're handling everything. And, and your guys are they're certified through the state on how to handle chemicals. Uh, you have some uh, a second treatment, and what does that do in the, in the spring? Your second uh, lawn pr program? That, well, basically, that... you're just trying to keep maintaining color and, and keep things healthy. Um you're killing dandelions. You're killing dandelions, yeah, because dandelion time usually is anywhere from about these days, well, this year, probably from the end of March on, um, just because it's so mild this winter. Um, and, but you and are it, feeding actually, the soil. Oh, yeah, you're, feeding, you're feeding the grass plant, yeah. And 
if it depends on what kind of fertilizer I use, it'll whether it's used in grass plant uptake or whether it's some soil conditioners, there's some things I can do. And that might happen more towards summer. It just all depends on what I'm seeing, what I think we should do. Um, sometimes we'll work in some malignite in some of our treatments, which is a little different. Um, that's not really what you, when you talk about a synthetic fertilizer, it's not really in your program. So if you're incorporating it, you're trying to basically help get some other micronutrients into the game. But you're, uh, you put a lot of pride in, in having people that know the local turf. They've been with you a long time. As a matter of fact, uh, the gentleman that did my, the technician did my yard uh, up until last year. He just retired with you. Um, no, nope, not retired. He's down to one route a year. So oh. He's going to be working three days a week. You just figured you'd give him less stress and tell him he didn't have to do my he, yard anymore? He, he just, yeah, I, I, he really just didn't want to have to talk to you. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's okay. I get it. Yeah, so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but really, no, he, he's just, he's, he's 67 now, so he just wants to take it a little easier, and you know, he, but he still wants to work some, so we just worked out a, a thing. But, um, yeah, I have guys that have been with me for a couple seasons. I have guys that have been with me for 20, 30 seasons, so. But but you put a lot of emphasis on making sure that they're, that they're recertified, that they're certified with the state to handle uh, certain things, that they understand how to operate the equipment. Where would you put the emphasis on, uh, if somebody's looking for a great lawn care company, how much is the emphasis is on their training and recertification, and how much of it is going to be determined by their experience and having had a lot of time doing it? It's not really a recertification so much as it's a continuing education. Once you have your um, certificates, you just need to, uh, whether it's, whether you know, whatever degree of education you have on it, you have to go to a continuing credit hour classing to, you know, keep your education up, make sure you understand what, what's going on. They just want to make sure you have general understanding of the job you are doing out there. The grass growth regulators. You correct me when I suggested that was a fertilizer. It's not a fertilizer. Not a fertilizer. What? Well, it's the exact opposite of a fertilizer. It's, it's yeah, I guess a, you're right when you think yeah, about yeah, it. You're, you're fertilizers make you're actually trying to restrict upgrowth. So, yeah, no, it's not a fertilizer at all. It's, it's just a, a chemical that forces the plant kind of to keep its, its plant. It's all of stored energy in reserves and and trying to slow it down so it just doesn't go crazy in the spring um helps thicken it as you said helps with the color uh just a general different philosophy on how to go about greening up plants in the spring don't exhaust them you know so your community pages this is a good time to get back we were talking on a little bit about your daily's tips where you constantly updating uh, tips for each of the communities, and it serves basically Lake County, Porter County, Laporte County, um, and then all the communities within it. Uh, everything from uh, Hobart to Crown Point to Chesterton, Valpo. Then we also have water precipitation. But you have a really cool tool that we started last year called the GDD Tracker. Mm -hmm. It's a, an equation for making sure that 
uh, lawn care applicators, lawn care people know at what points certain products will not be effective anymore um, or you, giving you a time frame and how quickly the soil is warming up and what you should be doing like it'll give you uh, how long you should run crabgrass pre-emergence for before it's un ineffective um, how to suppress annual bluegrass in a lawn and in the timing of, of using growth regulators to do that actually growth regulators help you do that that's part of the benefit of that so they kind of all work together because the gdd tracker gives you a better idea when you need to be doing things and correct yeah i mean the gdd tracker is and it's just degree day units um and that's just an equation they use and you're saying that now's a good time to be looking at that Pretty quickly here. It's, it's just going to get started rolling here shortly. And as you go through, it shows like when, when dandelions are, you know, consider, you know, when broadleaf weeds are considered going to head or flower and different aspects of it. So it just gives you a, a broader place to look for knowledge and just to make sure you're doing things in a timely fashion. And one of the things also about the uh, is that you make it easy for them to understand that there's actually on your community pages, which again, each community, if you're in Hobart, you look, go to the home, go to your website and go to the Hobart page and I'll have all these tools, but it actually has a tutorial that shows you how to use it, a video tutorial. And then, it, and you just enter the, it actually is specific to each town. So people can kind of have some of the coolness of the tools that, you use uh, to make sure that sure. you're making the right I mean, decisions. Yeah, it'll help them whether you know they like to do it themselves and have the knowledge to do it. It just provides them another piece of knowledge if they want to go to our website and use that, that, you know, or or find the link to get there. Um, that's what they should do. Uh, I'm not saying that we're for everybody. Not everybody wants a a lawn care company. They like to do it themselves. That's fine. You know, if it's a money savings thing you think you're accomplishing, not so much anymore. Back in the day, yeah, it made some sense. Um, these days, you're not saving a lot of money. It's more of whether you like to do it and enjoy it. And there's people out there that love to do it. So, And you like to align yourself with an educated customer, and you've gone a I great way. I align myself with you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep some balance oh, yeah, there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. How else are you supposed to look smart unless you're around somebody like me that <laughs> makes you look smarter? Uh, you know, a joke. What, Jim's a very smart guy. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> but what's kind of funny about that is that you said that your guys don't necessarily get recertified all the time, but you're also the the probably the smartest guy I've ever met when it comes to lawn care. And you always are humble saying you learn something almost every day. That it's a it's an ongoing thing. It's it's something where the minute you think you have all the answers, oh, there's a lot of people that's smarter than I am in lawn care, but I just try to do the best that I can each day to get a little more knowledge and, and help the people that are on our service. That's all. Well, Steve, this was a, a wonderful experience, uh, and for if you see Steve out in the road, everybody, wish him uh, congratulations on his anniversary. He turns 50 this year. Well, uh, I don't turn 50. The business <laughs> does. I turned 58 yesterday, but that, that's different. I'm old. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I didn't own the business the whole time, obviously. So um, when I was eight years old, I was not playing with a lawnmower or trying to start a lawn care company. That, that credit all goes to... Uh, 
Bush Shipman, who was the owner prior to me. And you had a great relationship with Bush. I, yeah. You still stay in touch with him. Yeah. And I'll probably see him next week when I go to Arizona. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But he's retired and moved away from this area. He don't like the cold. Uh, he probably left a lot earlier if he had to have me do this marketing this podcast. So. <laughs> so maybe we'll see you. So maybe I get to go maybe to Arizona permanently. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. So uh, before everybody leaves, uh, everybody like the podcast, smash the subscription notice, and make sure you get notified every month we have or every couple. Yeah. Months like us, on. whether you like us or not. That's what I do. Well, thanks for subscribe and like it. Thanks for sharing your knowledge of spring and happy spring, everybody. And uh, happy green month. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care.